When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fox Sports 940, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorney Studios. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. Welcome to Miami Marlins Hot Stove with Kyle Seeloff and Steven Strong. Come on! Is it enough? And the Watsy is gone! Looking up, does it have enough? Yes! There she goes! And the pitch is swung out and missed strike three! There it is! They've done it! The drought is over! The Marlins beat the Pirates 7-3! They are postseason bound in 2023! In or out of season, Marlins baseball is always on Fox Sports 940. All right, we are live Fox Sports, 940 AM, Miami Marlins Radio Network Studios, also available on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to another Tuesday of off-season Miami Marlins baseball talk for you. Plenty to get to tonight. This is the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show with Steven Strom. I'm Kyle Seelaw. Steven comes in ripe tonight, hour and 25 minutes yep. uh, to get up here uh, to the studios, not not in a good place. I am a little bit worried as we start the program that you're in a bad place for well, the next hour and a half. No, I'm not in a bad place. If anything, I'm more excited. I sit in my car. I think about what I'm going to say, what we're going to talk about, how we're going to engage the audience. And uh, you know, it was a it was a long trip, an hour and twenty minutes, but it was worth the wait, especially because you told me we got an extra half hour on the program. So I'm fired up. I'm ready on a Tuesday, and there's a lot to get to. Well, in one of my dreams. It, it, the weather's been terrible. Yeah, I want to be the traffic guy. In, yeah, go ahead. In, in the studio, there's like four or five massive monitors oh. here. Just a heads up, northbound 95 at 79th Street, put it in park. You ain't getting home anytime soon. That's a disaster on 95 it's, it's North. It's the worst road in America. Uh, Palmetto northbound this afternoon. Slight breeze coming out of the east. It's pushing west. It's creating some havoc on the Palmetto northbound. <laughs> uh, Royal Palm Boulevard, just a ton of cops. That looks like a disaster. Somebody's off the roadway there. Uh, so you're with you're you're stuck with us until six thirty. And you, you just just slow down. Don't worry about it. Stephen and I are going to take care of this thing for you. Okay. So what? This is. Uh, Second hot stove show of the offseason. Last week, a ton of fun. Chatted with the Miami Marlins president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix. Peter met with the media for the first time yesterday. Uh, I thought that was a terrific press conference. We also heard from Marlins principal owner Bruce Sherman. We're going to hear from him uh, in just a moment. Plenty more to get into tonight as well. We'll talk a little bit about a wonderful season for Luis Arise that just culminated in his second Silver Slugger Award. Yep, congratulations. Uh, the, yeah, the all-star game this year. Uh, additionally, and the reason we're going to go up till 6.30 tonight, we're not going to get a chance to talk to him if he wins it, but Skip Schumacher is in consideration, one of three finalists for manager of the year. Year. certainly believe he deserves it and additionally one other thing by six o'clock tonight marlins have to protect certain individuals if they want to make sure that they are not exposed to additional teams 
or the rest of baseball uh, come the Rule 5 draft. So yep. there's decisions to be made uh, leading up to 6.30 here tonight, Stephen. So, I mean, we got a loaded show for you. And in addition, a conversation with Marlins ace Sandy Alcantara. That's coming up shortly yeah, as well. There's so much to on this show specifically, and we have no idea which way it's going to go. We can get into Skip Schumacher being the winner of the Manager of the Year uh, award in the National League. We could not. Uh, the 40 men, all that stuff. So there's a lot of good stuff here. Where do you want to start, uh, though, here on this beautiful Tuesday right. evening? Yeah, here, here's here's where I think it's probably best to start tonight. Um, because we have a little bit of sound from Marlins principal owner Bruce Sherman. Before we hear from him, so Bruce Sherman and Peter Bendix met with the media. They had a press conference yesterday yep. um, at, at, at Lone Depot Park. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you because I thought, I thought both were terrific. I thought everybody said the right things. But your initial reactions before we hear from Bruce. Where do we want to start, Bruce or Peter? Well, just either. Just just from the day in general, from, from no, Peter I, or Bruce. I mean, just kind of your thoughts. I think collectively it's it's an, it was an exciting morning. Um, I thought both are, are obviously well-spoken. I think Bruce is really excited about this hire with Peter Bendix. And I think one of the things that he really tried to emphasize was Tampa's known for their analytics, but talking with Peter, it's about culture. And that's what they built with Skip Schumacher in year one. And hopefully that uh, Peter and Skip see eye to eye. I'm sure they do in a lot of cultural aspects. But I thought Bruce was very eminent on the fact that, look, you know, Tampa, great organization. But it's not all about analytics, and that's kind of what we think, I think, sometimes as a viewer when it comes to Tampa. Well, I think there was a narrative out there as Correct. well that Bruce was just in search of somebody that right. was extremely analytically inclined. And I, I, I thought he disposed of that you know gently like hey you know that we're we're going after people you know here you know, it's not a bunch of not, robots yeah right it, that, yeah. That, that you know we want somebody that can create a culture and build and build and build and um so yeah it's not all about analytics obviously my favorite thing though from what he said was and i'm paraphrasing here but um this is what Bruce said on Peter. He wore a Marlins hat on Monday. He was hired on Sunday, went to the GM meetings on Monday, then flew out Thursday and saw Skip on Friday. That says a lot about him. Yeah. And I thought that in itself tells you all you need to know about Peter, and he's hitting the ground running, and that's exactly what you want to hear from your general manager. And it feels like everyone's sort of pulling on the same string, rope, whatever you want to call it, and that's what it's about. you got to have that, and I think the Marlins – I uh, may have found that with Peter Bendix. All right, so there's plenty to get to, but let's hear from Marlins principal owner Bruce Sherman, who was asked yesterday following the press conference when he met with some of the South Florida contingency and some of the media. Uh, but Bruce was asked what really stuck out to him about Peter Bendix when he first met him. That's a great question. Um, his knowledge of our players before he got to the interview was extraordinary. He knew as much about our 40-man roster as I think I did. Um, and then his history of baseball was fabulous. But more importantly than that, his ability to relate to an organization and to build people. He comes from an organization that doesn't hire within baseball. They hire people and teach them baseball. He was an intern, went to Tufts University, he's very smart, as you just saw, and they just grow uh, baseball executives. I think you all know how many baseball executives they've grown. Tampa must have lost just in the for the top job, four or five people over the last decade. Um, his respect for Stu Sternberg and my respect for Stu Sternberg of the uh, Tampa Bay team was extraordinary. Um, never had a bad word to say about anything. And how he encompassed everybody, one of the most interesting things, and not particularly exciting, but was 
He says, I want you to know my wife sits with the players' wives. I said, boy, that's unusual. That can't be too easy if you're running, if you're GM of a baseball team. And he was the GM of, the, of Tampa. I said, how does that work? And he went into chapter and verse on how that worked. And I just think that's all-encompassing from what he is as an individual. And as I said earlier, you know, everybody thinks Tampa's analytics, analytics. And yes, they have a much bigger analytics department than we have. And yes, they have a much bigger front office. And what struck to me is the ability to develop players through your coaching and through your, uh, not for your free agent signings, but primarily through your system of drafting, about the amateur draft and the international draft. He really talked about that with great depth and player development, great depth, and how you can build a front office and how a dollar, how a dollar should be spent. A dollar in the front office might produce five dollars. A dollar on free agent is what you may get from that one year or two years. But he's open to everything, as you heard. All right, so that was Marlins principal owner Bruce Sherman yesterday when chatting um, with some of the media about Peter Bendix and kind of his first impressions and what really stuck out to him. I'd like to break that down a little bit, Stephen. And we talked about this last week, and I thought it was very apparent when we were chatting with Peter Bendix. He cares about a culture. Yep. He cares about his people, and he's going to put them in a position where he's not going to micromanage them, but he's going to build a department where you've got to trust each other and pull on the same rope he is going to delegate responsibility. He knows the way this thing can work. But to me, the one thing and the one word that continues to come up is culture. Yep. Culture and collaboration. That was another word. He used a lot of really good buzzwords as far as just inclusive culture. Uh, the best decisions are made with uh, multiple people. And I think that's really important in a position like this. You know, this is uh, this is not a, a position to mess around with. This is a big-time pr- uh, position, the president of baseball operations. Yeah. You make a lot of them. I love what he said uh, as far as, you know, you got to build within. you got to build your system by drafting and all this, all this different. Um, building a foundation for – success for the long term Kyle is basically what I love I, I you know we, we know about the market we know about the financial implications they're not going to go out and get uh, you know these big time right, they're not bidding guys. on Otani no, but but we've seen the path to winning through a sustainable farm system and, right. and developing and I, I think that needs to be the vision and, and I think they're all on the same page about that and Peter Bendix comes from that he knows the blueprint to winning without three, four hundred million dollar payrolls, where you are trying to purchase a team that can go to the playoffs. Here's another thing that really sticks out to me. Go. You've heard multiple times about the importance of drafting and developing that creates sustained success. The one thing that people have to understand, and it does not necessarily mean you have to sacrifice the immediate future and you will see an uncompetitive team next year. But to do what the Tampa Bay Rays have done for 15 to 20 years takes patience. It takes a load of patience because what you end up doing is you draft really well one year. By the way, the whole thing is predicated on drafting well. I know, I what know. Peter Bendix, <laughs> his responsibility is going to be to make sure that whoever's in charge of this farm system and his his people draft well. Because this thing is not going to go well if you do not draft well. But if you start drafting well and you start – it's almost like college football and you start stacking draft classes and prospect classes, that's how the ball gets rolling. For me, it's a five-year project out of the gates where you have to draft well for five years. Then after the fifth year, guys are either right on the doorstep or they're in the big leagues. Sure. Top-end prospects, if you get a farm system that's humming – 
then those guys can be used as trade chips, right? But my my thing is this is going to require some patience, but Peter also made it clear to us last week that does not necessarily mean the whole thing's going to get blown up. It's not going to. They have talked about some great pieces that are already here, but it's no secret. If you're going to do this like the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's okay to say that because they're the model for this, it requires patience. Do you think he's going to take the same approach that he did in Tampa and try to shift it to Miami? Or what are some of the similarities and differences that you think he'll take from Tampa? And again, you look at the roster, it's different. There's different guys on this roster compared to Tampa. But his overall philosophy, do you think it's going to be primarily the same what he did in Tampa? Uh, he doesn't know much different. Yeah. yeah that, that That's not to undermine anything that, that he's done. And but it's Peter, Peter Bendix, for 15 years of his life, all he knows is like 85 to 95 wins a year in playoff appearances. Yeah. And there is a blueprint for that. Now, the other thing that'll rile fans up a little bit, but you want to know the one thing the Tampa Bay Rays have done extremely well for a decade now? Trades. Trades. And they do it with about a year and a half left of guys with team control that they know they're not going to be able to to keep around and give them big dollars. They know when to trade guys when their value is at its highest because if you let them go, you know you're not going to resign them. You've got to get stuff back to keep that farm system humming that continues to put you in a place on the big league field where you can have success. Yeah, and I actually I, I knew this was topic was going to come up. I actually had looked up some of the trades that not just he made, that the entire organization made, but you know, the Pittsburgh one sticks out to me, right. right? Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows for Chris Archer, right? And at the time, Chris Archer, he was a bad boy. I mean, he was really, yeah. really good. Trading Evan Longoria, you know, he was a, a fan favorite in Tampa Bay, sent him to L.A. So um, the trading aspect of things is, to me, the most intriguing part. You have to because, trade him before it's too late. Because there got to a point, Kyle, teams didn't want to trade with Tampa. They were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I don't. We don't. It still feels that way when you trade with them. You feel like you're getting fleeced yeah. every time. What do they know that we don't know? Right. Similar. Why to like, do they want that 19 year old in single A that nobody cares and he's about? He's batting 218 right. and everything. Right. All of our right. metrics say that he's not going to turn into what they're giving us right now. 100. percent Can they create it? Because if that happens, well, watch out. Peter knows how to do it. Yeah. I, I don't think I I don't think he's going to deviate from something that's worked for 15 years because again, you're going from Tampa Bay to Miami where circumstances are fairly similar, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be working in the same ballpark in terms of payroll. And by the way, Bruce Sherman made it very clear. They're not going to be second to last in payroll. No, He's I very don't. willing to spend. That's what I think the difference is going to be. Now, all of a sudden, like it, it, it is going to be different and looking he at be the finances. for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he all, for, for Berger and Bell, he dug in and, 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 and put his money where his mouth is. Now, and the, the, the other thing about that, though, they're not just going to recklessly spend. There's, they will spend when they feel like the opportunity is right. Is that 2024? I don't know. Is it three years from now when they feel like they put two great draft classes together and there's college kids that are ready to play? You don't know. But the bottom line is that Peter Bendix, who is now in charge of this thing, is going to work closely with Bruce Sherman, although he said you know he's not going to be down their throats, but Bruce Sherman is going to provide them with the necessary resources. It is now on the shoulders of Peter Bendix and his responsibility now is to see in some way, shape, or form if he can replicate what they have done in Tampa Bay because he knows exactly how to do it. It's going to take some patience, but if you get that thing to a place that you've seen in Tampa Bay, 
the expectation literally every single year is 85 to 90 wins, and it's disappointing if you're not in the playoffs. And the beauty of it, he's not walking into a situation where a team just won 65 games. He's walking into a situation where the Marlins won 84. They got to the postseason. They've got their manager back. They've got Josh Bell, who just opted in. They've got a ton of their core from last year still there with young pitching, which he always smiles about. That's one of the things he referenced a couple times in some of his media availability that we got really good pitching with that smirk, and guess who also had really good pitching? They need he was more, there at Tampa. but they do have good pitching. They did. Uh, we can actually get into that in a little bit. But they had they have pitching. They ran out of it at the end of the season. They did not have enough starting pitching. They have really good young starting pitching. They need more of it, and they have got to make sure that they've got enough to get them through a year. Because you're right, the pieces are still there for this team to be very competitive in 2024. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will hear from Sandy Alcantara. Nobody's heard from him since Sandy elected to undergo season-ending Tommy John surgery that many expect will knock him out of 2024 and into 2025 is the next time you'd see him maybe sandy has some different ideas on that front let's take a break you're listening to the miami marlins hot stove show on your home for marlins baseball fox sports 940 miami and the iHeartRadio app hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Marlins baseball, Marlins baseball is always on Fox Sports 940. Back with you on Fox Sports 940 Miami in the iHeartRadio app with Stephen Strom. I'm Kyle Seeloff. You're listening to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Good to be with you on a Tuesday. Uh, loaded first segment. There are certainly plenty more to get into tonight. In just a moment, we'll hear from Marlins ace Sandy Alcantara. Uh, did not talk about Luis Arise. We're going to do that. He won his second consecutive Silver Slugger Award. Marlins in need of protecting some young kids by the 6 o'clock deadline tonight. Are they exposed to that Rule 5 draft? There's some interesting names on that list. And the um, Manager of the Year award show begins at 6 o'clock on MLB Network. Uh, I know we certainly believe that Skip should win it. Steven, we'll see. Brian Snicker is is in the mix there, along with Craig Council, formerly of the Brewers. But uh, uh, I know for me, Skip should certainly win it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that front. Now, as it pertains to Sandy Alcantara, just a wild and crazy year, man. Um, didn't start good, was going really well, and then Sandy gets hurt. You hear forearm flexor strain and well, ultimately, we right. know the rest. Right. It's like that at this point in football, it's almost like that non-contact injury. You just kind of know it's a it's an ACL or it's a, a torn Achilles. But, yeah, it, you know, for Sandy, something never was right. Just, I mean, let's just – even the complete games, and he, I think he had three of them, Kyle. He had the Twins one, he had the Yankee one, and um, he had the Rays one. Uh, he just could – he had one really good month, but it just – from the beginning, it, it it seemed very difficult. He would have that one bad inning. Uh, then guys were running on him. I mean, he just never felt like he could get into a groove and get comfortable. And um, I guess this is something that maybe uh, they had, they saw in him earlier in the year. Um, but uh, to to drag Sandy out of the weight room, uh, which which we were able to do with this interview, he attacks this like he attacks everything. Uh, so we will see if he does end up coming back in 2024. But um, if anyone could come back from it, it's Sandy. But overall, 
you expect him to come back better than ever, but uh, for 2023, I think he would at least agree as well. It wasn't uh, his best season. All right, so let's hear from Marlins ace Sandy Alcantara for the first time since undergoing season-ending Tommy John surgery. Sandy, it's good to see you. Um, You look terrific, and I know it was obviously a disappointing end to what has been an incredible couple of years for you. Let's start at the beginning of this season. Fair or unfair, the expectations for you were through the roof after what you accomplished in 2022. Didn't start the way you wanted it to this season, but you got into a really good place midway through the year, and you looked like your old self. The last time that we saw you pitch was on September 3rd, and we do know since then you've undergone Tommy John surgery. Let's start right there. How are you feeling mentally, physically, and emotionally? So mentally, I feel good, you know, because it is what it is, and I just got to take it. So, but I mean, it wasn't how I wanted, you know, how I started the season. So, but I feel good, you know, because I was there supporting my teammates. I was there going outside every fifth day. doesn't matter what happened, you know. So, but everything feels good now, you know, I mean, I went through uh, Tommy Young surgeries. I feel good. I've been following everything, what they, do, what they say, you know, to to put me on the great spot, so but I feel good right now. I think the one thing that we hear oftentimes from guys that undergo Tommy John surgery, it's initially accepting that you have to do it. But nobody wants to do it right now. This is a long recovery. How long did it take you to accept it? And how long after the surgery were you like, this is my new goal to attack this to be back in X amount of time? So, I mean, to make those decisions, you got to think too much, you know. You had to to be ready to make that decision. You know, you had to talk to your family, to your agents. You had to think what was gonna happen uh, during the, ne- the next season. So, but for me, it was hard, you know, because this is the first time that I that I went through this. So, but I mean, I just take like two weeks to think about it, you know, waiting to the season end. So, and just made the decision to go to the right place, you know, and. Here I am. I feel better now. I feel good, you know, because there's a lot of people that say that, that you came back strong and better. Mm. So, I mean, and uh, I got it. I got it. So I believe it. And I know what kind of person I am. I know the way that I work. And, you know, I mean, I feel good right now, you know, because I made the decision to, to be better in the future. There's been a lot of pitchers, like you said, that have gone through this. Justin Verlander, just off the top of my mind that I'm thinking of. Did you have anyone reach out to you? about just the recovery and, and what worked for them? Who, who's kind of been in your contact during this time? Uh, nobody. Nobody. Just myself, you know, just pray every night, you know, believe in myself. I know I know this is a long process, you know, but, I mean, you got to be patient. You have to keep working very hard. You have to be smart about it. So, But, I mean, for me, I think I made a great decision, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want this affect me on the – on the long term, so, but I'm here. I am right now, yeah. so I just gotta keep doing what I'm doing and be ready for 2025. How much have you leaned on your faith during this time? Oof, <laughs> a lot, you know, because so it's hard for me, you know, because every time when I look myself in the mirror, you know, I say, "Oh man, you're not gonna be able to go out there this year," you know. But I mean, I just gotta take it because you're not gonna be perfect, so. One year you want to be hurt, the other 10 years you want to be healthy. So I think I just made the right decision. And um, I think um, I just got to keep a little myself and pray every day. I think, Sandy, there's 
oftentimes superior athletes like yourself don't place limitations on themselves. Have you conceded the fact that you will not pitch in 2024 or are you so aggressive mentally where it's like, I'm not going to rule out pitching next year for my team if we're in a similar place or are you focused on 2025? So I think um, I'm thinking on both, you know, because next year I want to feel so bad, you know, and because I want to be just out there watching my teammates fighting every day. And I, I'm not going to be able to go out there every fifth day, you know, because this. So, but I think I feel great, you know, because I make great decisions, you know, to go through the surgeries because I want to be better in the 2025, you know, and I think uh, I just got to be out there with my teammates, you know, travel with my teammates, you know, and doing everything I can to support them and to be back. Can you give us a feel for what you are doing after the Tommy John surgery, how many times a week you're in, and some of the exercises to try to get back to that? Every day. I be here every day. I came here every day, you know, because I don't want to take any off day. I want to be back as soon as possible. So, and I think uh, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, because I know what kind of person I am. I know the way that I work, you know, and I, I don't want to get take any off day, you mm -hmm. know, and I think uh, I just got to – came here every day, you know, to try to, to be back soon. As you start to look ahead, have you reflected on last season? I, you know, I, I remember vividly when the injury popped up, you said it was on a curveball in Washington. Have you thought back to like where it could have gone wrong? Did you really feel it right then and there in Washington? Or has, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you attribute some of the struggles this season to something that maybe was underlying that you didn't know was there? So there is a lot of people saying that uh, every time when I got a bad start, they say I got something on my arm, something affect my mind or something like that. But uh, really? nothing like that. You know, I just get hurt there in Washington. I just feel it after I throw that breaking ball. So there was nothing to affect myself, my arm, you know. And when you want to get hurt, it doesn't matter what day. It doesn't matter right. in the morning, on the night, the day, the day. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know, and you don't want to be perfect. If you don't want to get into details, you don't have to. But it was—is it mechanical? Was it something that they saw just physically that they saw early on that you may have been able to notice? No, nothing like that. I think uh, just uh, backlogs, like like everyone say, you know. But I mean, if you got the opportunity to watch me every time that I that I got the opportunity to get, to be out out there, so I was doing my stuff, doing throwing everything I can, you know, competing every fifth day, you know, I mean, I just, this out of my, my, my best day every time when I get out there. So, but I was able to compete. I was able to keep myself positive, you know, and believe in myself. I know you've talked about this over the years, Sandy. You've worked so hard to get the opportunity to pitch in the playoffs. <laughs> how proud were you of this team and how hard was it for you to sit there in Philadelphia and watch what happened? Oh, that was hard for me, you know what I mean? So after uh, the game, when we lost, I went through my locker room. I was crying, you know, because I wasn't able to, to go out there, you know, try to to fight for my teammates. You know, I just was able to, to watch my teammates compete. So, but for me, I mean, I don't like losing, you know, especially those days in the playoffs. So, but I mean, it is what it is. We, we do everything we can to, to win those games. So, but I mean, it wasn't how we want it, you know, but we gotta be ready for next year. 
Big picture, it was a really successful season, the first time making the playoffs in a full season since 2003. Uh, and Skip Schumacher talked after that game two loss against the Phillies about this is our culture and we need to really protect that standard. How do you protect that standard uh, going into 2024? Uh, I think everyone was surprised about it, you know, because we got new staff, new manager, a couple new guys on the team. So, but for me, I mean, I was waiting for this moment, you know, you know, made to the playoffs in front of the fans, you know, because in 2020 we made it, but yeah. without fans. So it was, a, it was very different. So, but this year was completely uh, different for the team, you know, because anyone believed that we can make to the playoffs and we did it. We surprised a lot of people and it knows how we want it. It ain't how we want it, you know, but I mean, we, be, we feel happy because we, we went there and gave everything we can to win the game. You had three complete games in 2023. I think it was the Twins, the Yankees, and the Rays. Which one of those complete games uh, was most special or your favorite one? I think I am the Yankees. You know, mm -hmm. I am the Yankees, you know, because they have a very, very super star on the team, like yep. Stanton, Judge, and all, all those guys. So, but I think that was my, my favorite game this year. So, I thought I can go more, but I mean, because this, I, I can. So, but I feel good about it. The hardest thing for you now is going to be sitting and watching. But you're a leader, Sandy, and I've always thought you're a quiet leader and you let your actions on the field back up your work and a lot of guys follow you um, there was so much talk this season about your relationship with Yuri but you are the captain of this pitching staff have you thought about ways you're going to help this team next season even though you're not going to be out there every fifth day you said I mean I don't like talk too much you know but I mean <laughs> I like work very quiet I like watch you know because the more you watch the more you learn so I think uh the guy behind me, like Lucy, uh, Yuri, Cabrera, uh, Treble, Roger, uh, sorry, um, Brass, they had to do the same thing that we do this year. You know, I mean, go out there and battle every fifth day. So, and I mean, I just got to be able to, to watch them. If they do something bad, I just got to, you know, try to say something to them, you know, and try to help them and, and everything I can. Just with the new rules that you guys had to face in 2023, uh, the pitch clock, the bigger bases, so more teams are inclined to steal. What was the most difficult rule for you to adjust to last year? I think um, pitch clock. Yeah, I think pitch clock, you know, because we've been like without we, we've been pitched without clock you know because we take all time to to pitch you know right. pitch fast though sandy yeah. you've always worked quick i know always always you know i don't like take too much time <laughs> uh, but i think uh, the clock never affect myself you know because i like work quick sure so but i think for a lot of guy it been a lot uh, very hard you know because there's a lot of pitch take day time to throw a ball so but i think uh the, the part that affect the baseball I think it was the the pitch clock, you know, because there is a lot of pitches that I take daytime to to pitch.
I know Stephen brought up the name Justin Verlander earlier. There have been so many guys throughout baseball. You know, a Tommy John surgery it used to be a death sentence. Way back when, if you got that, it was like nobody knew. Now guys come back and they get 12 to 14 months and sure. guys look incredible. Have you leaned on anybody in particular since the surgery? Is there a very close friend of yours that has undergone this that you've leaned on for advice or anything of that nature? Nobody. No? Nobody. I mean, I just watch uh, Verlander. I mean, he got Tommy Young. He's pretty good. He came back. He came back strong and better, and he won the Cy Young next year. So after the Tommy Young. Yep. So what I think, I just got to believe it. I just got to believe it. Keep it myself the way that I've been doing, you know, and prepare to be ready in 2025 and do the best that I can and surprise people. All right, let's take a break from the baseball perspective of things. I heard you're a big video game guy. When did uh, that start, and um, you still playing? I do. I mean, I've been playing video game since a long time, and I don't know if you guys can see myself on video life. I like. Oh, I've watched you, Sandy. You told happy, me about it's it. It's the happiest I've ever seen you. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I do, you know what I mean? Going live every time, you know, try to have fun with my teammates, with my friend in Dominican Republic and different countries. So I think um, that's that the thing that I most enjoy, <laughs> you know, play video game, going live, you know, because people can see you, people can ask questions about you. So, but the thing that I don't set is a baseball question when I play video game, you know. Because so, people will ask you, of course. They yes, recognize always, you. Yeah. As soon as they recognize who you are. They, they always ask me questions about baseball. I say, hey, I'm here and no baseball questions. <laughs> this is your, that's your escape. That's your that's, safe space. That's my time to play video game. If you want to ask me something different, that's fine. So no you don't play questions. the show. Do you Have you ever played the video game? Uh, no, I don't like play the show. That's interesting. What games do you play? Uh, PUBG and Call of Duty. New Call of Duty's coming out. I know. You already got it? No, it comes out <laughs> yeah. next week. No, yeah. It's going to be fun. Hey. PS5 or what? Uh, I have PS5. Or oh, you play it on the computer. IPod. Don't you play I, on the computer too? my iPad. I play Call of Duty sometimes on uh, PC. Okay. But, I mean, it's difficult for me because you got to have your fingers <laughs> too quick. You know, I'm not that fast on mm -hmm. my fingers. So, but uh, I play on my iPad. Uh, I love when you give us some time, Sandy. I'll let you go after this. Uh, we, we've heard over the years about your tireless workouts and three or four hours a day. This is a new venture for you. Um, with the family this offseason, though, any vacations lined up? You guys doing anything? You getting away from it for a little bit? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm going to have a couple vacations, a couple trips. There you, you go. Know? So what I think, uh, I enjoy my family so much now, you know, because I want to have more time to be with them. So, mm. but I, I don't have to, you know, like I just, on them too much you know because next year i gotta be here you know every day you know and came here to work you know and i have time to to enjoy my family when i am home uh you look great sandy but you always do thank you for joining us i know this has been a uh, a troubling time but um if anybody's gonna recover from this thing it's gonna be you and we can't wait to see you soon thanks again sandy thank you brother i appreciate it all right so that was marlon's ace sandy alcantara um you know steven it's, it was it was nice to chat with him and you know the one thing to me that I think about when I think about Sandy um, I mean look 2024 very much in doubt obviously just given a natural timeline of Tommy John surgery but I will say this and I'm not providing hope to anybody but if the Marlins are playing very very well this season and they are going to put themselves in a position say in September where they have a chance to do something special again sure. I promise you one thing just from chatting with Sandy it's going to provide him with a lot of motivation mm-hmm to see where he's at. They're not going to push it. They're not going to put him at risk. 
you know, Sandy, because he will start throwing probably by spring training. He'll be lobbing the ball around. And, you know, again, in all likelihood, he's not going to pinch this season. But if this team is playing well, he is going to be working relentlessly to put himself in a position where maybe 2024, at the very, very, very tail end, there's something there. If there's any medical opportunity for him to go he's gonna go I mean look what he did this year Kyle he went to go do a rehab stint just to the I mean he tried every last option to try to get back into the rotation and give this team a boost late in the season so totally agree and if there's any medical way that he's able to do it he's gonna do it but as far as physical and just what he's doing every single day I know it I hope the fans know it uh, every day since we've been in Kyle in the offseason, guess who's been down there? Yes, yeah, Andy's in every day. Every day. In. Every day. The one thing that I failed to ask him um, that I wish I did was I remember watching him in Milwaukee. He was tossing out on the field, and, you know, at that time he said he was feeling really good, and the plan was for him to go out on a rehab assignment. I wish I would have asked him if he knew going into that rehab assignment it wasn't going well. Yeah. That he was putting it all out there one more time just to see if that thing would hold up because that's all they were – that. It was a truthfully yeah. all they were hoping for is to see if that thing would hold up and that he would get one more crack at things in Philadelphia. The other thing is, would he have came out of the bullpen? You know, if the, let's just say the it would have he would have passed that test. Right, right. You know that. Right. That's I wish I would have asked him if he knew going into that rehab outing, like, like he really was done. Yeah, that he knew that this ain't gonna end well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one more shot. But I don't know. Uh, good interview though. Thank you to Sandy. Absolutely. Uh, Thank appreciate you, Sandy. having Sandy as always. He's always very open and receptive to doing things and uh, uh, we, we appreciate the hell out of him and uh, we thank him for giving us some time. Uh, what Boy, we got to go to a break, don't we? Yeah. Time's running out. Uh, no, time's not running. We still got 50 minutes. Still got 50 minutes. Plenty of breaks to hit. Let's take a break right here with the Marlon Totso Show. When we come back, we're chatting about Luis Arise and not just his silver slugger, but what he means to the organization and really how Peter Bendix can kind of build this thing around Luis Arise moving forward if Luis Arise is here long term. Plenty to talk about when we come back. You're listening to the Marlins Hot Stove Show on your home for Marlins Baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Miami Marlins Hot Stove is underway. This is Fox Sports 940. Back with you on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show on a Tuesday. Live from our Marlins Radio Network studios up here in Pembroke Pines with Steven Strom. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports 940 Miami as well as the iHeartRadio app. We are with you until 6.30 tonight. Reason being, uh, we are anticipating some news here shortly. Number one, who are the Marlins protecting? Who are they not protecting as it pertains to some young players uh, who may be subjected to the Rule 5 draft in a couple of weeks up in Nashville? It's always very interesting. There's always, and there's been some unbelievable Rule 5 players over the years uh, that have been sensational. One that recently comes to mind for me that was a Marlin was Justin Bohr, who we had on the broadcast this year. Uh, but always very interesting. Remember, if you're taken in the Rule 5 draft in the Major League portion, you have to go to somebody's 26-man roster. You have to stay on that yeah. roster. So we'll know here, I think in probably 15 or 20 minutes, there's a 6 o'clock deadline, we will see who the Marlins protect. Now, the other thing is at 6 o'clock on MLB Network, it's the manager of the year in the National League and the American League. Those awards Come on, are coming Skip. up. Um, to me, Skip, is, Skip, is, Skip has got to be the winner, and I don't want to get into that now because I think there's a nice, healthy discussion to be had. What I do want to get into now is Luis Arise, and I think this is, uh, this is, this is loaded. Um, this is a lot to talk about, and I want to start to unravel it, Stephen, and unpack it a little bit. Um, look, the, the guy's unbelievable. It was a great, great trade for both Miami and Minnesota. What a sensational career he's had to date, and now he's wrapped up two consecutive appearances in the All-Star game, 
two consecutive batting titles, two consecutive silver sluggers. He's the heart and soul of the Miami Marlins. He absolutely is, and uh, you don't you, you wouldn't want to have a better guy in your clubhouse to be your best player, uh, a guy that takes so much pride in his routine and work ethic, uh, such a great um, energy to him every single day, whether he has five hits, whether he has zero hits, he comes in with the same mentality, and he posts, Kyle. I mean, he, he really posts, and that that's a new word in baseball. It means the guy plays every day. I mean, he, he's out there, and um, unless he's really hurt, uh, he won't play, but we saw at the end of the year when he turned his ankle during grounders, he battled back. He, he said in his uh, Zoom interview a couple days ago that he was playing at 30% against Philadelphia. Uh, so that yeah. tells you all you need to know. 30%. Yeah. Like, th- this guy is um, in love with the game of baseball, and you want to have those types of players on your team when it happens to be your best player. It's like, you know, when you're, your best player in basketball is taking a charge. You know, right. you lead by example, and for Luis Arise, there's so many accolades uh, to start with. But what an unbelievable 2023 to him. Yeah, and um, I've said it before, he's an even better – human and a family man than he is a baseball player and that's saying something um he was sensational now here here's my question look dude we're doing this on tuesdays i'm gonna throw it all out there go ahead there was a report the other day and it's not just a report Luis arise said himself he'd love to be in miami long term that was on the zoom okay he is locked up through next year in 2025 he is a free agent after the 2025 season i think this is a fascinating conversation to have because we just talked about peter bendix who has grown and developed as a man in baseball operations for trading some star players before it's too late where you get a ton back and you start to develop a system sure do the Marlins do that with Luis Arise? do you extend him you play manager you play GM for a second if I gave you you know checkbooks not totally open but we could resign him do you want to resign Luis Arise or do you want to Build, 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 build while remaining competitive. It's not even a hesitation. I would resign him. Absolutely extend him um, for so many different reasons. Again, I, I know the stuff on the field, Kyle, is awesome. You know, the the three fifty four, the two hundred plus hits, the five hits in the month of uh, the three five hit games in the month of June. But more importantly, if what Peter Bendix and Bruce Sherman want to create is culture here, this is who you dream about. Right. This is the guy that you dream I, I about disagree. to have in your clubhouse. I don't disagree. Luis Arise. He's 26 years old. Doesn't get in old. trouble. 26 years old. Great energy. Great routine. Great work ethic. If this is what you want to build on, and that's culture yeah. and accountability and all the stuff that, again, when you hear the word culture, those are all the buzzwords and adjectives. That's him. That's Luis Arise. I, I, I absolutely would extend him and um, – I know Peter talked about it yesterday. The door's always open. In Luis Arise's Zoom, which I was in, Danny Alvarez asked him about it, and he said, hey, I love Miami. Um, I'm open to discussion. So if that's the case, if both parties are open, let's see where it goes. But for me personally, if I'm playing GM, I would. How about you? Yeah, well, l- let me first say this, too, because I think they're the, the, the way I have presented things maybe with like the, the Rays and Peter Bendix is that they just trade everybody. That's not the case. What I'm no, you're saying of high value. Correct. Y- correct. The way that they yeah. have built an organization that wins 90 to 95 games a year consistently for over a decade now is oftentimes some of your star players that you know you're not going to be able to keep long term, you trade them. Sure. 
sure. and you get three top-end prospects in a big league year in return so you can continue to develop within your system and just plug and play big leaguer after big leaguer after big leaguer. Now, when I think about the Rays, because that was logical in terms of Peter Bendix is going to be the one responsible with making this move, and he's ultimately going to go to Bruce Sherman and say, do you, would, would you do it, do you not do it? I think about a guy like Kevin Kiermeyer. He was the heart and soul of the Tampa Bay Rays for years. He got an extension with Tampa Bay. Sure. Right? Is Luis Arise the Kevin Kiermeyer of Miami? He unbelievable human being, great in the community, loves the city he's playing in, hell of a ball player. I think the answer is yes. Now, I'm not good enough at the financial side of it, but I, I, here's a number I'll throw out. I'd even see this. I was just doing it in my head. Seven years, $100 million. That's okay. a little under $15 million a year. I don't know if that's too cheap, but I'm just thinking. I wonder if he would take like seven and a hundred, and that so keeps him his last deal. He's 33. Is that where? Yeah, he's at? and that would 34? be that would be through 2030, right? Sure. So tw- through 2030, through his age 33 season, I guess it is. Maybe that's too cheap. I don't know. Maybe he's more than a fourteen and a half million dollar a year player. I'm not. I'm not especially sure. with the market and how right. But you know, sure. but the the, th- the weird thing about Luis Arise is when you when you look at the market, right? People pay for slug. People pay for homers. Correct. Correct. And this is the conversation it's that weird. you have to get into, Correct. Kyle. Because and this is just the reality of what Luis Arise is. And don't get me wrong. I think we have this conversation on the broadcast. He could hit for power if he wanted. We, he hit five home runs in the month of uh, right. September. Hit Ten overall. But that's not his. Right. But that's not his mo. If you know he what wanted I'm to hit. 20 to 25 and sacrifice 40, 50 points off his average, he could he probably could. hit 20, 25 homers and hit 290. But if he that's not to. what makes Luis arise, right. Luis arise. I agree. You know what I'm saying? We do both agree that we would extend him. I, we would extend him, but the problem with some of the financials is Luis arise is his four singles going to impact. A game. Well, that's where all that Especially stuff, as a leadoff hitter. When baseball operations sits you down know. with an agent and they start hashing out a contract and somebody goes, you know. Nine for one fifty, and the Marlins go back and say seven for a hundred because you know that 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 side of it always gets kind of messy. It's always it's it's actually yeah, a fascinating yeah, side of the is. game. Um, but but I do I, I you know I, what I'm saying? Well, ha- here's the other side of that too. And now Peter Bendix and uh, uh, did he say it yesterday or when he was chatting with us? When there will always be tough decisions that need to be made. There Both. there could be unpopular moves, right? Sure. Whatever. Now I do think if you look at the scope of it and the context of this. You acquired Luis Arise for young, controllable starting pitching in Pablo Lopez, who the Minnesota Twins locked up. Okay, like t- to me, Luis Arise is a guy that you build around. I don't know what's going to happen, but if if you put me in charge, you got to build around him because he proved to be durable, an upstanding, classy teammate who led by example. He 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 was vocal, and he's a fun-loving guy to be around. But every day when those lights flickered on and a first pitch was thrown, that dude he's was in a balling. different mode. Yeah, and and you have to look beyond his numbers too. I I think you always hear the word professional hitter. Uh, you know he'll lead off and he'll take pitches and he'll allow the guy on deck to see those pitches. I mean, there's little things in baseball that you might not see. We can always talk about the numbers, the 354, the 200 hits, yeah, all that. But as far as just uh, some of the little things, his eye for the game. His intensity, Kyle, he came in to Miami, and the big question mark was defense. What did he do? He went on to just commit four errors all season long at second base and was rock solid. He was great. You know, there's certain guys when they get critiqued, hey, we don't know if you can play defense. You either take it personal and like, oh, the hell with you, or you dig deep and you start working at it, and that's what Luis Arise did, and he took so much pride at second base, Kyle. Again, if you want to build around culture and – 
work ethic and character, there's literally, I think, only a handful of guys that you would build your team around, and he's one of them. You know, even in a really small sample size, so two all-star appearances, two silver sluggers, two batting titles, first guy ever to do it in consecutive seasons in different leagues. Over his last two years, he's played in 291 games with 18 bombs, 118 RBIs, a 335 hitter with a 384 OBP. Sickening. 20, he's 24. He's 26 years old. He's a 326 career hitter. Um, played 92 games in his, his rookie season in 2019. Played in 32 in 2020, whatever. 2021, still played in 121 games. He was a bit banged up for Minnesota. Bottom line for me, they make a terrific trade. And that goes back to Kim Ang making a terrific deal for Arise and Pablo. It was a great, great deal, and it's worked out great for both teams. 26 years old. I don't think he's going to break the bank. I think you build around him. I think he wants to be here, too. No doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Which which plays a factor, Kyle. Yeah, he absolutely does want to be here. And this situation won't present itself a ton next year. But he's also a bit of a Swiss Army knife. If Josh Bell needs to get off his feet in DH a little first, bit, Arise can go play point. first. Great point. Right? You know, th- there's another name that comes to mind. I start to weave all this in now. Do the Marlins protect a guy like Nassim Nunez and he's on the 40-man roster? Do we see him a little bit next year? Can he play a little second base? What do you do at shortstop, right? So Arise, not only is he an unbelievable player, and there's no reason not to believe he can go win or uh, go out there. He can certainly win another batting title next year and win another Silver Slugger and be a three-time All-Star in three consecutive seasons. Plays a little bit of everywhere. Yep, he's just it just personifies what the Marlins are all about and the kind of dude they want around there, you know. And at some point too, you you got to build around something, yep. right? And you know, obviously, take away the pitching, but more on the position player side, you build around a guy like Arise, and then you look at, oh, we made a great deal for Jake Berger. He's here for another four years or whatever it is. Bell Opson, he's in, back, Jazz right? Is Jazz in yep. center field, got to stay on the field. But you know, what do you do with Sanchez and De La Cruz? You know, do you are you okay with the outfield? Do you see what you can do with shortstop and catcher? Decisions to be made. I think it's a fairly easy decision down the road, whether it's before spring training or after, maybe during the season. A lot of players will cut off negotiations during the season. Um, I don't expect, but I would certainly love to see a deal get done with Luis Arise. What's the most impressive stat here with Luis Arise? Posted in 147 games, only 29 where he didn't have a hit, or 200-plus hits, his 354 batting average, three five-hit games in the month of June, um, five home runs in September, or only striking out 34 times. 34 times in 617 <laughs> plate appearances. No questions that's asked. That's wild. That's 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 Tony Gwen type stuff. That's wild. You know, his ability to hit the ball wherever he wanted to this season was for me insane. Yeah. He's unbelievable to watch and the fans the, he grew on the the city and the community and he loves them and it's He's just so fun to be around, and he does have the intangibles. He is a guy that will rally a clubhouse. Yep. There's not too many guys that can get the attention of 25 other grown men. Yep. Not easy. When you're in a clubhouse with 26 guys, there's egos. There's testosterone. Sometimes nobody wants to listen to each other. Right? No, I no. don't tell me what to do. No, no, no. If Luis or I stands up and talks, you're going to shut your mouth. You're going to listen because that's the impact and the effect that he has on people. Couldn't agree more. So... Unbelievable, just an incredible dude. Could not be happier for Luis Arise and all the success that he had this season. Uh, again, he is uh, a free agent after next year. And who the heck knows what happens? But uh, I feel like he'll be in Miami long term. We are approaching 6 o'clock. We are with you until 6.30 tonight. Uh, let's take a break. 
When we come back, we'll see if we have any news for you. Uh, we, we might have some news here in the next 15 or 20 minutes. Hopefully we'll have an indication as to who the Marlins protected from the Rule 5 draft, who they subjected to the Rule 5 draft. In addition to, is Skip Schumacher your National League Manager of the Year? He better be. Because if he's not, I'm coming after the Riders. We'll be back on Fox Sports 940 Miami in the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Marlins baseball, Marlins baseball is always on Fox Sports 940. Back with you on Fox Sports 940 Miami in the iHeartRadio app. I'm Kyle Seeloff, Stephen Strom with us. This is the Marlin Hot Stove Show. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Tuesday. In case you missed anything at all, in case you missed our conversation with Sandy, I believe it's already on the YouTube page, right? Yep. Or you already put it up. Oh, yeah. So go to Marlins Radio. Check it out there. Uh, if you miss any of our shows, it is available on the Miami Marlins uh, podcast page. Um, we're doing it. We're recording it on the GoPro, so you can go check that out on YouTube as long as we hammer that record button there, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we'll I'll do get that. the podcast stuff up. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'll be home by 1130 by the time I Give us go. a traffic update, please. Um, Palmetto northbound disastrous. Just horrific. <laughs> uh, Cypress, that looks like, does that say? Yeah, Cypress Road northbound. You're toast. You will not make it for dinner. So how should I go home today, Mr. NASCAR? I'm going to get home in 10 minutes. Well, you live here, right? Yeah. Sorry. I, just now, I live at the station. Location. I don't stop. I don't I don't I don't stop sleeping. Okay. No, you can give away my location. My security guards won't let you in. Um so if I was you, I would take 75. 75, which is the Turnpike? No, I don't no, know some of no, this no. stuff. I-75 is Interstate 75. Okay. The Florida Turnpike is the less stressway. That's different. Okay. If you take 75, you can either get on 826, Express Lanes, Palmetto South, or 75 to the Turnpike, and then bang a left on 836 West. It's going to take you right home near the ballpark. You have options. You just gave away my location. Near the ballpark? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the population near the ballpark. Away, very, very few people location. that live near that Watch ballpark. It. Um, yeah. So, but whatever. It's up to you. Uh, I, sorry, I'm just not. I'm home in ten minutes. Stop with the phone, Kyle. I'm I'm home in ten minutes. So, I just when you get home, I'll see you at some point. Why yeah. people could hear that? Yeah, when I can hear it. Okay, just don't bang your phone like that. Okay. Um. So it's six oh four. I'm gonna pull up MLB Network here on my phone, uh, because Skip Schumacher, in my best guesstimation is going to win National League Manager of the Year, and if he doesn't, I'm going to riot. I'll join. So hold on. Can I make the case real quick? I I, I, I want to make this very hey, clear. Hey, there's Skip. About – oh, he's on? With Brian Snicker and Craig Council, the new okay. manager of the Chicago Cubs. What's Skip wearing? Uh, the Team Negu, his bracelet. Uh, it's, I think, the Kids with Cancer, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's yes, great. Yes, yes, And who's doing the interview? Roflo? No, um – Robert Flores? No. Um, Harold Reynolds is with him. Um, um, you can't put the volume on because then that would no. be like copyright. No, I might do that. Um, go Just ahead. Make make play. your case. Well, here's my thing about manager of the year. If, if the award is to the manager that if you took them away from that team, okay, they would not be in the position where they would be at, then to me it's a very – easy choice and I'm not just saying that uh, from a Marlins perspective Mm -hmm. because if you were to take and this is I have the ultimate respect for managerials around baseball uh, managers around baseball and I respect the position very much so but if you take Snicker off Atlanta Mm -hmm. okay 
I'm not going to sit here and say they're you know they're still a hundred ten win team. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think that they're still going to the playoffs, Kyle. Ronald yes, Acuna Jr. Uh, Dan, uh, you know they, they're 2023 All Stars. Ready? Acuna, Arcia, Sean Murphy, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, keep going now. Austin Riley. I mean, Kyle. That roster was one of the game. best teams that we've ever seen. Okay. And again, Snicker is an awesome manager. But if you were to take him away, do the Braves still make the playoffs? I th- the answer is no, and I think the barometer— No, the answer is yes, they still oh, make I'm sorry, the playoffs. I'm sorry, yes, yes, yes. The, the, the barometer for manager of the year for me is very, very simple. Would that team have been in that position Correct. if it was or was not—if it wasn't for that manager? And this is no disrespect to any of the Marlins no, players. I do think that Snicker, he, he might make a 10-win difference, but that team is still in the playoffs. Still going to the playoffs. Right? The Miami Marlins are not They're not going making to the playoffs, playoffs without Skip yep. Schumacher. Without the culture, without because Skip has accomplished something that every human on this planet Ooh, is trying Snicker to accomplish. Brian has his Christmas tree up. Oh, okay. that's an interesting move. You see, now I just lost my thought. No, no, no. Keep going. What did you? What did I just say? You're not even listening. Uh, no, I am listening. Brian Snicker going to the playoffs. Uh, no. The, the uh, Braves. Uh, no, I, no. What Skip Schumacher has done is what a lot of people on this planet – want to do and that stay present Correct. and understand that tomorrow is tomorrow and yesterday was yesterday and it's a lot easier said than done and since day one at least that I was there Kyle uh oh Skip what are you going to do tomorrow about your pitch you only have two pitchers and we're worrying about today today we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow one day at a time. and I think that that whole mantra completely trickled down to all the players, the staff, and they bought in. And when you have a guy like Skip Schumacher, who's so easy to follow, um, there is something about him. He's just a guy that you want to go behind. I agree. And you want to follow, and you let him lead the way, and you have no fear. You I just agree. don't. I mean, if, if there is a uh, an alley this way or that way, Steven's going this way, Skip's going that way. I and agree. guess where Kyle's going? Kyle's going skip. to skip. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Once in a while. Nah, I mean job. Kyle's going to skip, and you know what? I'm going with skip too. So I, I think from that perspective, his, um, his influence on this team and the culture, it was felt, and uh, that's why I think uh, he's manager of the year. And I thought Craig Council had a great year. Craig as well. Council, yeah, he's great. I, I don't know how to put this. I'll say it as kindly as possible. I think for me, my order again. Go ahead, give man- me the order. The manager of the year. It's not all predicated on wins and losses. I guess ultimately it is, but it, but it, it, that it's not just how many games you want. For me, it's probably be Skip Council and then Brian Snicker. I love the Atlanta Braves. I, I really do. I love that team. I, I'm just thinking the award embodies your ability to like get people to play for you and to Correct. win games and like Correct. Snicker does an unbelievable job of that in Atlanta. It just to me it just feels like an award like just for a total grinder for the team that wasn't supposed to be there yep. and the manager that it's got It's a feel good story. Correct. Yeah. Um I'm sorry I can't get over the Christmas tree. Do you it's think okay. it's too early for the Christmas the tree? Chris, you know you ha- you can't put Christmas stuff up until after Thanksgiving. Snicker has a beautiful tree. I'm just not sure it's real. It seems premature for that to be real. You got to get a real tree. It's got to hang on for you gotta dear get life. A real, I've always gotten a real tree after not Thanksgiving. Me. My mother and my sisters, we go to Homedale Park and we get a new fresh tree. Now, now we're talking inflation because the price of Christmas trees is up big time. I don't pay for it. Number one, number two, because I have to lug it in. You think I'm such a princess? I I lug that bad boy in. And there's, you know, what is it? The the pine things falling no, everywhere. No, those are called pine needles. I also have allergies, so I'm also. Oh, you're a hero. Now, now up, we're now we're talking to a hero. I'm sneezing tonight. up the stairs, 
heroically putting mm. it on my back. On the heels of Veterans Day, going, Stephen <laughs> is just putting himself in the mix now. And going on and, and bringing this tree into the room. you got to get a real tree. Fake tree, no good. It's great. Real tree, one my whole smell life. the pine crest mm. or yeah. whatever. It is. Again, I'm not sure what the terms are, but you, you can smell a good tree. If you're looking for a good Christmas tree smell, uh, you could also go to Bath and Body Works. They do sell candles. Okay. Well, we don't and, want that. And uh, that fake tree comes down in a hurry, not nearly as much of a liability for the entire home to get set on fire. <laughs> uh, not not to bring the situation down. Why would you cut heads on fire? What do you mean? Pine, when it gets dry, is very susceptible to fire. Okay. Come on. Well, We're it not, is. What, <laughs> come on. What, are we going to live in fear here? What, am I going to decorate no, 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 a tree? I'm just, not going to go to the Homedale Park now, for a tradition because I'm scared my house no, is going to burn down? No, and in fact, my, my family, we actually bought two artificial 15-footers at the end of last year after the holidays. Uh, we did we did real tree again last year. It's just a disaster. Me and my old man threw it off the front porch day after Christmas. 26, it all comes down. Let's, you know, let's, let's move you on. You think? No. Well, I just don't want the home to burn down. I'm, I'm an artificial guy. Now you can do the LED lighting. You go all white. The lady comes over. She wants to go all white. If you want to go do the colors, you go star on top. You do Jesus. What do you do? I do star on top, mm. but it's always crooked, you know, because I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I, That's the story of your life now, Steve. Yeah, like I'm trying to do it. Now he's been and, crooked for 26 years, folks. And, uh, 25? And it never comes out the way I want it to. But then I also do the garland, okay? Disaster. The, it's, it's You know what? How about the it's tinsel? Tough. It's tough, but you I am doing guy? this all on the on the ladder. I don't know what that is. That's called the ladder. The yeah, tinsel. I, what did you just say? Do you do you like tinsel? What is tinsel? That's the that's the stuff that you like. The it's not garland, but tinsel's the stringy. No, I don't do that. Looking. We don't do that. We have a bunch of ornaments, and for me, you know, I was the first firstborn. So there's a lot of ornaments in me, so a lot of jealousy throughout the family with my ornaments and my face on it. We got a Vikings one, so. Um, yeah, real now, tree. Now, what do you do? How how many days are you down when you get the sap on your fingers? Uh, That's a disaster. You go rubber gloves? You strike no, me as a glove no, guy. No, no, no. I'm not that guy. I'm not All that right. bad. Bare hands. Look no, those bare hands. Paws. You well, get it level? You, now you have to twist it in on the sides, right? I, I, the real tree. It's the worst. It's the worst. And, and and I really do it by myself. And, you know, I should. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in that. So um, Now, when you go to how goes, often do you water the plant? Do you put a little sugar no, 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 in no, the water? No, as soon as I'm up, as soon as it's up, you're done. I'm done. Now you, then not, you just expect like just a dozen presents under that you tree. Know, then it's presents, and everyone else can take care of the tree. You uh, know. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, no, I actually was looking last night on certain gifts. Now, are you more of a Black Friday Christmas shopper? You know, Cyber we, Monday. We, we I don't like to, discount. I don't really like to go shopping because I'm a quick shopper. At least I don't like to go shopping with other people yeah. because they're a lot more patient than me. I know what I'm going to get. I'm in. I'm out. Bada bing, bada boom. Me and my buddies back home every Thanksgiving. There was about four consecutive Thanksgivings. I wasn't with my family because me and my buddies would go camp out at Best Buy. And um, really? do you remember the days where with Madden? No, no, no. I'll oh. explain to you what we, we, we used to try to make money, and we would. So back in the old days, here, this is how much time do I have? It's six thirteen. I know. I need what, to break what, in like two minutes. Did, did we get an answer here? No, I, I don't see anything breaking. Quite frankly, I'm over it now. I don't. There, there's a commercial break in progress on MLB Network. So hold and, on, uh, we're going to stay thirty minutes extra, and we might not even know. That's exactly right. What so, the manager of the year award situation yeah, is? It is what it is. All right, here we go. Um, so back in the days of when Best Buy was a big thing on Black Friday, you would get a flyer, right? And here's the you know the plasma TVs, they're on sale, they're $500 off, but there's only a limited amount in the store. And it would say on the flyer, there's six available at this store. Okay. So me and my buddies at like 6 o'clock, 
at night, we'd be up there for like 16 to 18 hours. We would go up there. We would take a tent. My my dad and my friend's dad and our dads. You didn't they, camp out. Yeah, we did. And I'll tell you why. Because at 5 o'clock in the morning, Best Buy employees would come out of the store. And they would say, who wants the 65-inch plasma TV? And it's the first come, first serve. So what they would do is they would hand you a sheet of computer paper to say you're eligible to receive it. Oh my God. So then what we would do is we almost got busted by the cops one time. We went in the store to try to sell the pieces of paper. You have to stay outside of the store. But we would stand there with a pieces of paper in our air in the air and say who wants the tv and people would come fight and get into a bidding war and they would give you like two or three hundred dollars in cash for a piece of paper wow so that's what we would do wow and that's how we would make money on that's, thanksgiving is that, that that's not a great way to do it no it's a little that's a little much that's called that's life a brother lot. that's a lot people would little. come flocking to like and yeah, I, no. i'll tell you what the, that, the, the that power that I the power that I had over people know, in the, the Best paper. Buy parking yeah. lot when I yeah. held that piece of yeah. paper. I'm like a Gotta junior in high good. school. I'm 17 years old, <laughs> and I want that 45 year old grown man and woman. I want to see a tussle. Yeah, on, on the concrete. It's not great. The, it's it's not great. Great. So we what we would do is back in those days. This was like 2007, 2008. People would be after the new TVs and computers. Computers were massive. So people would be after TVs, computers, and video game consoles. And there you are. So we would there would be ten or fifteen available, and me and my buddies and would strategize. You take the TV, yep. you take the computer, I'll take the video games, and we would end up with like ten sheets of paper, and we'd make like five, six, seven, eight thousand bucks, and when we go home, yeah, well, no, no, no. We, we'd probably it. make like five hundred dollars a piece wow. on pieces of paper. And who gave you this bright idea? Was this just something that maybe developed? maybe one day we went up there maybe one Thanksgiving because we, maybe we were looking for like a video game or something. Back in those days, too, Guitar Hero was a big hit. Um, I think maybe we saw that people were camping out, and we started to understand that they're camping out because, number one, maybe they just really wanted the item. But then we said, well, we don't want the item, but we want to make money. Yeah. So we would go sit there. We'd camp out all night long. Um, wow. Our dads would bring us Thanksgiving dinner at the in the parking lot. We'd have a heater. We'd have a tent. Uh, we didn't sleep or anything, but uh, anyway, you're listening to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. There's 14 <laughs> minutes left. In fact, we're actually going to be out of here about 6:26. I don't see any indication that they've announced the manager of the year yet. Yeah, I I'm can't believe it. I'm still watching on MLB Network. I think that's coming up in just a couple of minutes. We do need to hit one more break. Let's do it now, and hopefully, we'll have some news for you when we come back on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show on Fox Sports 940 and the iHeartRadio app. Miami Marlins hot stove is underway. This is Fox Sports 940. Back with you on Fox Sports 940, Miami and the iHeartRadio app with Steven Schramm. I'm Kyle Seeloff. You're listening to the Miami Marlins hot stove show. We've got exactly five minutes and 50 seconds left. They are in a commercial break on MLB Network, and they just said when we come back, Joe Madden's going to announce the winner. So, so I hope we're going to get the answer before I hope so. we sign off. Now, here. the other thing I was looking for was a tweet from Marlins Comms or the guys at Fish on First, somebody that said um, who the Marlins did or did not protect. I'd like to know. Because While that's... you look for that, let me just tell you about Skip Schumacher. He's looking to become the fourth skipper in franchise history to win this award. Don Mattingly won in 2020, Joe Girardi 2006, and Jack McKeon in 2003. Um, he would also be the eighth person to win the award in his first year as manager. Most recently, Rocco Baldelli won with the Minnesota Twins. So 15-win improvement. From last year, 84 and 78. Again, if the award is what the award is supposed to be, Skip Schumacher should win this because if you take away Skip Schumacher, this team 
does not make the playoffs, and if you take away a guy like Snitker from Atlanta, um, they most certainly make the playoffs with the, that uh, that all-star team that they've had. So, uh, And Craig Council did a really good job. I, I don't want to not mention him. Um, but as far as the Manager of the Year award, uh, you got my vote in Skip Schumacher, and I just told you why. Uh, I'm right there with you. Skip deserves to win it. And Do you have did. our 40-man information? No, but there is a report from Francis Romero that Cuban outfielder Victor Mesa Jr. was added to the Marlins' 40-man roster. Um, I hope that uh, is true, but I'm just reporting what is being reported. I have no information. I'm just looking for some. Uh, okay. Let's so play. Can, we, can, can you just put it near the speaker? Sure. You know what? Just whatever. Twice for the Tampa Bay Rays, once in his first year with the Chicago <laughs> Cubs. We are always pleased to be Can you hear it all right? We are changing the game, man, with this radio thing. You hear it okay? I hear it great. Before we get to the big announcement, first uh, before all, they get to so the big announcement, you're saying. All right, Greg Amsinger, yeah, not now. Just give me the, give me seven the minutes. announcement. Come on. No, we don't have seven. Seven minutes. We have two and a half. We have to be out at 626. What? We went over that half hour ago, and you're oh, aware of that. You know gosh. exactly when we have to break. You're right. Um, so Joe Madden's going to announce this wow. in a moment. But Come on. Come on. I want to react. This is why we're here. Joe Madden looks good. Wow. Managing took a toll on him. Yeah, he but looks, Skip also. Refreshed. I mean, when you're in a room with Skip, you might as well. Hottest manager in baseball. I mean, I mean wow. That's aggressive. But, well, who uh, else is? I agree. Okay. No, I think the word, but uh, I agree. Oh, the the best looking. I agree. Best okay. looking, I think, is a little bit more, um, yeah, oh, appropriate. But you know what? Skip is a very good looking man, and he uh, he keeps himself in very good shape. I've run into him at the gym a couple of times. Him and Jason Hart. He walks in the door. He might acknowledge you. He just darts towards Dude, a he treadmill. He doesn't even wear headphones. No. He goes on the treadmill and just sprints, and then does yeah. Chin-ups there's no warm up and push up. Nothing. Yeah. He just walks. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. Stop it. Skip one. Let's go. Yeah. Skip is your National League Manager of the Year. Let's go. All right, so here you go. So How Skip, about that? So Skip got. And you know what? He deserved it. Skip got 72 total votes. He won the National League Manager of the Year in the first season as Marlon Skipper. He got eight first-place votes, eight second-place votes, wow. eight third-place votes. Skip Schumacher is your National League Manager of the Year, awesome. beating out Craig Council, Brian Snicker, Tori Lovello, and Dave mm. Roberts. So congratulations to Marlins manager, Skip Schumacher. That is, wow. that is awesome. Do you want to hear from him for a second? We have one I minute. guess. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear what he says for 30 seconds. What does this award mean to you personally? Well, uh, thank you guys, um, and congrats, Bo, also. Um, I just, um, this is a staff award, and I'm just so grateful that uh, Kim hired me and Bruce um, Sherman hired me early on and took a chance, and um, I just believe that the staff around me created this culture, um, and it had really good players that bought in early on in Soler and Arias. All right, I, I wanted to hear a little bit from him. We got to get out of here in 25 seconds. Any closing thoughts here tonight, Stephen? So happy for Skip Schumacher. He deserved it. The uh, the writers were correct. This is um, an award that deserved to go to Skip. He did an incredible job, and congratulations to all was nominated. But congratulations, Skippy. Thanks to jo- for joining us on another episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. We'll be back with you next Tuesday. For Steven Strom, Ricardo Wancham, Kyle Seeloff, thanks for joining us on Fox Sports 940 Miami, your home for Miami Marlins baseball on the iHeartRadio app.